Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What is up, everyone? It's me, the Pokemon Cave. First things first. Now, this is happening a little late. I mean, you know, you're listening to this on the 12th. At least I would hope so if you're listening to it on release day. However, we actually hit 7,000 downloads. Now, it happened a couple weeks ago. And by the time of this recording, uh, we are two days away from the end, or three, three days away, sorry, from the end of the giveaway. Uh, let's be honest, there's probably only going to be one person entering. I don't understand what the heck is wrong with people. But, I mean, giveaways are cool and all. They're hit or miss on whether or not people join them. Quite frankly, I'm getting kind of tired of it. Uh, I'm all for loving, like, a fair and awesome competition of, let's see how many people can join this giveaway, and we'll have some fun, we'll joke around, we'll do a live opening, we'll do this and that. We will have a blast. But when you only get one, two, maybe five people joining a giveaway... Like, what the heck's a point? So, I made the executive decision, the sole owner and recorder of this podcast, that there will be no more giveaways. Plain and simple. It's not worth the time. It's not worth the hassle. It's not worth the constant advertising for it, only to get literally a handful or one person joining. That's not fun. One person joining is not fun. Thank you again, Natalie. Man, you are the most amazing friend in the world. Me and her go back quite a bit now, at least a good couple years. Uh, she lives on the west coast of Canada. I live kind of central eastern-ish in Ontario. She's one of the greatest friends. I mean, pretty much, I think last year we forgot to send each other a card, like this past Christmas. But usually every Christmas we send each other a Christmas card. <laughs> we kind of both forgot. Now, keep in mind, she has a young child at home. I've got two older, annoying children at home. So, I mean, come on, things skip our mind. But first things first, let's get into a streamer who has been dubbed the quote-unquote the greatest Nuzlocker in the world. So after completing a deathless run of the series' most notorious fan game, Pokemon Emerald Kazo, K-A-I-Z-O, I hope I'm saying that properly, is a devilishly difficult spin on the third-gen classic. Beating it in a standard run is an achievement in itself, and as a result of its devilish complexity, it became a favorite testing ground for top-tier Nuzlockers. Pokemon players seeking an extra challenge who opt for a permadeath version of the game, Emerald Kazo whacks up the level caps, grants gym leaders and other major uh, antagonists extra Pokemon, including legendaries, and introduces movesets, abilities, and items, all designed to make every fight as difficult as possible. Because why the hell not, right? All, do, all of this combines to make an Emerald 
Kezo Nuzlocke, one of the series' biggest challenges that regularly takes even expert players hundreds of attempts to finish. But not content with that self-imposed difficulty, streamer Drew Proutney, I hope I said that properly, added an extra layer of complexity, dubbing a run a failure if he lost even a single Pokemon. As someone who's never had the patience to even complete a standard Nuzlocke, a deathless Nuzlocke seems horrifying. <laughs> uh, as a deathless Kezo Nuzlocke is something I can barely even comprehend myself. I mean, Jesus, you can't lose a single Pokemon? Normally, it's, it's as long as you don't lose your entire party. But, oh my god. Now, in all, it took him 402 attempts to finally get his win last year. And that final run has now been documented in a video by Nuzlocking YouTuber Pokemon Challenges. Now, what makes the eventual winning attempt even more wild is that he didn't even get the starter Pokemon he wanted. Given the sheer number of runs that he attempted, he opted to use a save file that locked in his first 10 encounters. Now, of course, Nuzlocke rules also dictate that you can't, or sorry, that you catch only the first Pokemon you discover in each new location. As long as these encounters had more than 10% catch rate, that also meant always picking Trico as a starter Pokemon, due to its high speed and its strength during the later parts of the run. On attempt 402, however, a viewer compelled him to take a Torchic instead, getting the entire thing off to a potentially shaky start. Eventually, Torchic became a Blaziken that was pretty handy in a number of pinch points, including the tricky 4th gym flight, fight sorry, with Flannery, and the fight with Team Magma's Maxi, but it definitely wasn't an optimal pick into the late game. Other points include the double battles with Gym 7 leaders Tate and Lisa, or Lisa, sorry, and Gym 8 leader Juan, which is the furthest he ever made it in the previous runs. Those fights involved uh, intricate manipulation of the Pokemon AI, ensuring that opposing Pokemon would always focus fire on a partner Pokemon, while first a Sunkern and a Kingdra were able to set up and eventually sweep the gym leader's teams. That brought him to the Elite Four, a part of the game that is community that the community sorry had largely optimized. The vast majority of the victorious Kazo teams includes a Fortress, Slowbro, Dusclops, Salamence, a flexible normal type physical attacker like Slacking, and a Sceptile. The latter was already out of the picture, so Salamence had to be a sacrificed had to be sacrificed, sorry, to help round out the team. In an unconventional approach, he opted for a Milotic, who would prove to be crucial, as well as a surprise addition of two normal type Pokemon. A tanky Kangas Kong and a Zangoose with a burn that would take advantage of its attack boosting guts ability. With that team, the Elite Four run was far from a sure thing and there are several hair-raising moments in the late parts of the run. His Slowbro was frozen, nearly killed by an opposing Dugon before it could defrost. An enemy Aerodactyl hit several ancient powers but failed to get the critical stat boost, and at one point he gambled an entire run when a misclick nearly ruined his entire strategy. Things were only savaged when he hit two 33% chance switches in a row. For, those, for all those potential 11th hour stumbling blocks, he eventually defeated Champion Steven to complete a months-long effort and a feat that many had thought impossible, 
In fact, a combination of good planning and some very good fortune makes me wonder whether this feat will ever be completed again. Now, of course, I'm also reminded of the Pokemon Red speedrunner, whose massive gambling paid off so well that they retired from the scene, having killed the category forever. If Emerald Kezo is the hardest Pokemon game ever, his accomplishment might be the greatest in the history of the series. Next up, well, good old Magikarp apparently isn't as useless as we all thought he was. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You see, a Pokemon Scarlet and Violet has hosted a new 7-Terra raid, this time featuring Gen 3 firefighting type Blaziken. Now, of course, this happened way back in the beginning of January, almost a month, uh, basically a month ago from today. Now, despite the inherent difficulty present in the 7-star Terra raids, some players have already managed to create strategies to annihilate Blaziken, the Unraveled, in just one hit. However, one savvy trainer took this to the next level and destroyed a 7-star Blaziken in one turn and one hit using Gen 1's weakest Pokemon, Magikarp. A trainer named Nommable123 posted the strategy on the Pokemon Scarlet and Violet subreddit alongside a brief video clip. They used a team comp that involved a Alcremi holding the Bright Powder, a Ranunculus holding a Landsat Berry, a Glyscore with a Zoom Lens, and a Magikarp holding a Choice Band. <laughs> Jesus! To start things off, the Alcremi and Ranunculus both used Charm on Blaziken to lower its attack stat. Next, Magikarp used Defense Cheer to improve survivability, and then Attack Cheer. <laughs> the Glyscore then used Screech three times to bring Blaziken's defense down while Alcremi used Decorate, three Decorates on Magikarp, to raise its attack stats by six stages. The trainer then utilized Ranunculus's Landsat Berry by flinging it at Magikarp to increase its critical hit ratio. The last bit of setup came from Ranunculus's, which used Helping Hand and then set up Trick Room to control the battle speed. Finally, Magikarp used Flail to demolish a 7-star Blaziken in just one hit. While these insane strategies take a ton of meticulous setup to pull off, it's always impressive to see the results. No kidding. Now, uh, was that really one turn? The setup definitely wasn't one turn. But one hit move knocked out a seven star Blaziken with flail. You've got to be freaking kidding me. That is amazing. <laughs> Next... Man, this one just kind of pisses me off and saddens me at the same time. We all remember that uh, Gengar SAR that uh, apparently was leaked in Japan and was going to become part of the Wild Force expansion. Well, unfortunately, that thing was a fake. And boy, was it ever a good fake. You see, Gengar is a fan favorite of both the Pokemon fans and TCG players. 
This leak had fans excited for good reasons. The card would have been one of the final EX Pokemon from the upcoming Wild Force expansion to the Scarlet and Violet series, set to be released in Japan back in January of uh, January 26. Sorry. Now, of course, the Western version of the Japanese Wild Force and Cyber Judge sets, Temporal Forces, will launch in the West on March 22nd. Fans are already expecting it to be another quote-unquote wallet destroyer. When the never-before-seen card was posted on Reddit, fans were excited to see that the new EX card was as, was as wild as the set's name suggested. Almost a day after the card was posted, though, a video highlighting how the fake was made got posted on YouTube. Yeah, unfortunately. Gengar is one of the big-name EX Pokemon from the new set. However, many collectors were quick to spot the deceptive fake. One person wrote, this is fake, in big capital letters. The font is wrong, it should be a different style, and be black with white outlines, not white with black outlines. Said uh, one person on Reddit, where an image of the card was originally posted. From the original Poke Beach reveal, we know that Gengar will be a dark type with a huge 310 HP, making it a tough card to take down. Its only move is 160 uh, move that only requires two darkness energies. Huh. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's going to be a heavy hitter. <laughs> so we also know that it is a stage 2x Pokemon, and players will lose two prize cards when Gengar is sent to the discard pile. A translation uh, from both Jake C. and Torne L. of Poke Beach tells us that the card's ability and move are called Corroding Curse and Trick Step. Gengar's ability will put two damage counters on an enemy Pokemon whenever it has an energy attached to it. Its attack, Trick Step, does 160 damage and allows you to move one energy from an opponent's Pokemon to another. We've already seen numerous powerful evolutionary lines with great abilities, such as the new Mitang, whose Metal Maker ability allows a player to search top four cards of their deck and attach any metal energies they find to any of their Pokemon. Although the Deceptive card did the rounds and got many fans' hopes up, the set still promises the release of a lot of highly playable cards with unique designs. And next, you know Charger Bug, that little electric bug robotic type looking thing? <laughs> well, apparently it's going to be a very powerful surprise in Temporal Forces. So in the lead up to the release of the Wild Force and Cyber Judge, Back in January, some beautiful illustration rare cards have been released. The latest of these is Chargebug, and fans love the whimsical new artwork. That's not all though, as we are discussing the effects of the powerful new card. Lovers of the great card art said that such a silly little guy, wonderful, immaculate, meanwhile competitive players immediately noted the evolution's potential in rogue and budget decks. We all love a good budget deck. Now, of course, the abilities that have Pokemon TCG fans fired up are Grubbins and Vicavolt's new powers. Grubbins Flock requires one colorless energy to use. In exchange, the player can search for two more Grubbin and put these on the bench. Vicavolt's new attack, Serial Cannon, requires only two lightning energy to do 120 damage. But this can be boosted by 80 damage for each Charger Bug on your bench. See where that's going? One competitive player from Poke Beach noted that players only need a half-decent hand to get swinging by turn two. One card they mentioned is Rare Candy, which allows a player to put down a Stage 2 straight onto a Stage 1. 
The other ability uh, Pokemon TCG fans are excited about is Electric Generator again, which lets players check the top 5 cards of their deck and attach lightning energy to benched Pokemon. Many players are keen to test the new cards, which they say would help make a very good budget deck. Some also feel the deck would be a good in the Rogue tier, referring to decks that aren't often used. Rogue tier decks, on the other hand, can compete. They are often surprise decks that haven't been played enough to establish themselves in lists of deck archetypes. Now, of course, fans will have to wait to see if Charger Bug makes a surprise appearance in competitive matches later this year. And finally, man, I wish this hadn't have happened. Yet another player of the Pokemon Go has accidentally used a Master Ball on a very, very bad choice. While most Pokemon Go players are on the quest to catch them all, or perhaps to find a powerful legendary, it's important to remember that not everyone takes the game so seriously, especially not the young gen who might be getting to grips with the Pokemon world for the first time. There are plenty of pokey parents out there imparting wisdom to the next gen, but sometimes mistakes can happen, maybe losing in the gym, running from an encounter, and other small stuff. But with so many important items, it can be surely be tough to get the kids to understand the importance of it all. Sometimes this lesson comes a little bit too late. In a Reddit post shared by Pokemon Go player The Krusty Krab, Freaking amazing name, by the way. The veteran described an unfortunate scenario where their unwitting daughter cost them a mighty Master Ball just by trying to help. The post read, My daughter just used a purple ball, quote-unquote, on a one-star LeChunk. And indeed, it shows a one-star LeChunk that has been caught in a Master Ball. Well, at least it's not going anywhere. <laughs> Fans in the comments were understandably offering condolences, though many are f many found it hard not to poke fun at the situation. One, one comment said, Chance for your daughter to the professor. Before another one added, That'll do, pig. That'll do. <laughs> Other parents hopped on to share their lessons, with one comment adding, Too late now, I guess, but you fellow parents out there really need to make it abundantly clear to kids to never use the purple ball. However, one parent shared their own antidote, saying, My son used both of mine on a Zapdos and Articuno. I'm not complaining. The lesson here is to be careful when handing your Pokemon Go account over to the younger players, unless you've given them a very stern talking to about Master Balls beforehand. And on that note, I say have a very good day and a good week. And I will see you again next week for another brand new episode of Pokey Man Cave. Take care, everyone.